It's Friday night, and your work week is over. Get back and get the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! The 10, the 5, a pick 6 for the Colts! Get up to speed on the Colts and the NFL, starting now. And he walks into the end zone! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, we're live at the Westside Pub on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Thank you for joining us. Colts Happy Hour brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. I did want to remind you of this. Got a regional final coming up later on tonight. Westfield and Hamilton Southeastern, that regional final. Brendan King, and I'm assuming Jim Leisure, going to be a part of that. Shout out coming up at the top of the hour. I love it. Absolutely love it. When Brendan and Jim and we have the high school football on on a Friday night, especially when the stakes are this high, that's awesome. So Westfield, HSE, coming your direction. That is at the top of the hour. Brendan King, and I think Jim Leisure is on the uh, the call as well. And is after us tonight, high school football regional final. The burning question as follows to start the show. The Colts let Frank Wright go after nine games. 3-5-1 and one, the record. Jeff Saturday brought in on the interim. Never coached in college or the NFL. And it's just for the rest of the season, or is it an audition to be the guy moving forward? You know how I feel about this at JMV 1070. I believe he's going to have a spot somewhere. Doing something with this team at a high level. Maybe not the future coach, but something high level within the organization. You tell me what you believe it to be. Jeff Saturday's gig moving forward, and I guess even better said, is it dependent upon how things go on the field for this team the rest of the way, beginning in Vegas, coming up on Sunday afternoon. At JMV1070 on Twitter, you can go ahead and fire away your thoughts on that. Meantime, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, and the new head coach on an interim basis, Jeff Saturday and this opening conversation. Matt. All right. Thank you, JMV. It's time now for the head coach's report today with interim head coach Jeff Saturday. And Jeff, obviously, it goes without saying, it's been a wild, wild week for sure. And you talked about this earlier in the week. But but what compelled you to come back and take this job after Jim Ursay called you on the phone? Yeah, I mean, I told the guys this and, you know, that I care. And it's, you know, I, not only do I care because I've sat in those seats, but, um, you know, I, I care about this organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, I, my adult uh, life was forged here. And so, you know, it's not just about players and not just about coaches, but about this entire building, man, from the equipment room, the training room, the mail room, right? The media relations, like all these people mm-hmm. I ha- I've had relationships with for 20 20- 20 plus years. I mean, that's a, that's a long time. And so um, those relationships and being able to help out for, for the interim and say, Hey, Hey man, what can I do to be, to, to be the best I can be to help you? And, and so I've been, um, I, I do care. I'm, I'm really excited to be back. I, I can't tell you how many long hugs that I've shared with so many dudes that we've, you know, we, we, we and laughing about old times, the stories seem to get bigger, the lies a little longer, <laughs> I think, but man, we've had an absolute blast. Yeah, those tall tales, right? That's right. All right. 
right, what has this week been like for you? How much has been, I know this is a loaded question, how much has been thrown on your desk? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, I feel like every time I open the door, uh, finishing a meeting, there's another one walking in. And so um, it, it, it has been a lot. When you, th- when you consider an NFL typical week, you want to keep as few distractions as possible. And so I've tried to do that for our staff, but that means I've had a number of meetings that I've had to take and, um, and whether it's scheduling or, you know, changes to practice, all of those different things, uh, there, there has been a lot to do. But I feel like I'm, I'm finally kind of catching my mm-hmm. breath a little bit, looking forward to tonight, actually probably getting my first night's sleep. Uh, at, at least I hope so. And, uh, but, man, it's, it's been a whirlwind, but, but one that I would not, uh, would not turn down. How have you seen the team respond to you? I feel like they've responded really well. I, mean, I, I felt like today has been, um, you know, our most energetic practice. These guys were flying around, a lot of laughing, a lot of, you know, yeah. which which to me speaks volumes, right? When yeah. guys feel like they can cut loose, let it rip, and that, you know, I kept hearing everybody, man, let it rip, let's go, yeah. uh, play with some freedom, with some excitement. And, and, you know, that, that's it's tough to do in the circumstances these guys are in, man. But I think as the week has gone on and progressed and we've kind of gotten to know each other, feel each other out, uh, the, these guys are, are, are stepping into their own, and it, mm-hmm. it's been fun to watch. Yeah, you've had a few days to examine this roster and to really get to know it more in depth, certainly, than you did sure. covering it, you know, from the outside, so to speak. Fresh eyes on it. What are the strengths of this team as you see it? Yeah, here? I think when you look at our defense, that, that has to be the first place you go, right? Like, these guys have played really good football this season. Mm-hmm. I love our, our D-line, man. That the, the, These guys are battlers. Our linebackers can freaking fly you know what I mean so I look at those guys and obviously on the back end mm-hmm. um you know with, with Gilly and the guys I mean these guys are are and Kenny man they, they are they are special and not not I mean I, and I say that like re, from a guy who watched it my whole life and been in it um and, and so really excited excited to get working with the offensive line and again I couldn't be in I couldn't be in every meeting and because of other op- uh, you know obligations but man just just watching these guys and 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 pushing these guys uh but but Jay T, you know him coming back to practice. He had three for three days of practice. I really liked his spark. Um, and then the new kid Moss, man, the kid is, yeah. you know, I, I, hopefully he can make some plays for us on Sunday. And I, just, I mean, I like the group, man. Our receivers. I, I tell people, you know, that the 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 yards after catch, these guys can all hurt you, and they're big. You know, they're tall and long and physical. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited about the whole group, obviously. But but uh, yeah. it's it's going to be fun. Last couple of things with Coach Saturday. You've named Parks Frazier as the play caller. Now, he's been with the Colts since 2018. He's worked his way up to assistant quarterbacks coach. How did you come to that decision, and what's your confidence level on him? Yeah, first of all, I'm, I'm extremely confident. I mean, the guy, I mean, he knows our offense as well as anybody. And, and part of what I, I didn't want to move a bunch of people um, to, to create a play caller. And so we already had guys in spots, whether it was Scott or Scotty, Clayton, you know, all, all these guys who are in positions and, and are commanding their rooms already and so from my perspective it was a guy who um, you know had floated but he in game planning he was already doing first second and third down yeah. right so he he was already a major part of all game plan formulations even with um, when, when he was here with Frank and with Marcus so from a guy from a top down he had seen the majority of all the installations and that just matters and so I know he's new to play calling but you know Scott has called Scotty has called Needham Clayton has called and so all of those guys have helped helped him build his sheet we've all had input we've all had discussion um and we'll all be on the on the mics together sunday i mean you know like i told him man we 
we're not we're not you know throwing you the wolves, bro. We're all going to be we'll make recommendations, you know, but we're gonna we're gonna let we're gonna quiet the noise. And, and he's put together a heck of a plan, and I got all the faith in the world he's going to do a good job. All right. Lastly, the Raiders are two and six, but they are zero and five in one score games. When you look at the Raiders, what stands out to you? How, how deceptive? Are they as a team? Yeah, don't believe that. Yeah, yeah, the record thing is 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 was one you should probably overlook. They've been up seventeen, at least seventeen points in three of those other games. Right, and so you you know in the NFL usually you get seventeen, you're going to win that game. And so um, they have not you know closed out those games, but that lets you know how explosive this team can be. And I would tell you as you watch their tape, you know they're one play away here or one play away there from being really extending a lead that Mm -hmm. would put you kind of out. Yeah. And so I've told the guys, man, don't, don't, you know, and, and, and these guys haven't, but you know, don't pay attention to all the nonsense. Like these, this is a very good football team. They have two of the best pass rushers on the edge in the NFL. They have an incredible running back, a great quarterback. So there's a, there's a lot of pieces and parts and they probably have, if he's not considered the best wide receiver in the game, you know, top one or two receivers in the game. And the guy makes play after mm-hmm. play. And, and, you know, I, I liken him back to when he was in green Bay, it didn't matter if you knew the ball was going to him he was still getting the ball yeah. and so as I, I've told our guys seven they ain't gonna go away from 17 like you better find it because they ain't gonna find him and uh but but I, I think Jacobs is running with with um with a different mindset I mean this guy is I mean he's powering through breaking a ton of tackles right um yeah we're, we're going to put put the big boy pads on and 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 play on that side of the ball no doubt about that that is the head coach's report with interim head coach Jeff Saturday Jeff best of luck against the Raiders appreciate you that's uh, Jeff Saturday, Matt Taylor right there on Colts Happy Hour. Centerpoint Energy is a proud sponsor of the 2022 Coach of the Week program. To see winning coaches and to learn more about the program, please visit Colts.com slash high school football today. I mentioned high school football. Brendan King's got the call. Top of the hour. Are you ready? The regional final between Westfield and Hamilton Southeastern. HSC unbeaten on the season. Brendan is going to bring it to you coming up here at the top of the hour. On the other side, more of Colts Happy Hour. Rick Venturi joins Matt Taylor. They're going to go over what has transpired over the course of the week and, of course, get you set for the Colts and the Raiders coming up on Sunday. We are at the West Side Pub on a Bud Light Blue Friday, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the Colts Happy Hour, an inside look at the Colts on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. The Colts Audio Network includes podcasts, radio shows, and player interviews. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else that you download podcasts. You can also find it on SiriusXM on that mobile app. All you have to do is search Colts Listen to Colts Radio and Audio Content. You do that on your own time and do that today. I mentioned that a little bit earlier, the burning question regarding Jeff Saturday. You guys can go there. You can comment however you like, but... Here's what I want to do. I want to hear about the game, and I want to hear about this transition and Jeff Saturday from a guy that's been in a similar situation as an interim head coach before. Our good friend Rick Venturi from the Radio Network and the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. They join us now, fellas. All right, thank you, JMV. It's time now for Inside Football with Rick Venturi as we roll out the blueprints to see how the Colts 
can slow down first the Raiders on offense. And the Colts defense has been playing some good football the last couple of weeks. And it all starts with the Raiders on offense. Derek Carr, the quarterback, he's the Raiders' all-time leader in passing yards and passing touchdowns. And last season he threw for a club record 4,804 yards. And they have a great running back, Josh Jacobs. He can run it. He can catch it. He's close to 1,000 scrimmage yards on the season. He's got six rushing touchdowns. He ranks fourth in the NFL so far this season in rushing and is averaging over four yards per carry on Yak. And then they've got former Packer great Devontae Adams. He's now overplaying with his former college teammate in Derek Carr. He has almost 700 receiving yards and seven touchdowns on the season. He ranks number one in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns among wide receivers since 2016. But, Rick, they don't blow you away statistically as a team on offense. The one thing they're not going to do is turn the ball over. They only have seven turnovers all season. That's uncharacteristic of a seven or a two-win team to this point on the season. So what else stands out to you about the Raiders on offense as we look at your musts? No, that, that's a pretty good evaluation of this team. Uh, you know, they're, they're very, very interesting. And you talked about this. I talked about this, and I'm going to get into it, obviously, Adams and Jacobs are handfuls. Those guys are premier players uh, in the league. They've got a good run-blocking offensive line, but they're like most teams in this league. They really struggle, and their left guard, Parham, is really – he is the weak sister. I mean, he is uh, – Parham is a rookie at left guard, and he, he, he really – he can't block very well, particularly on protection. Uh, but – I would say a couple things schematically. You are going to see more two-back offense, 21 and 22, per, uh, 22 personnel. He kept, he's kept that, and uh, in, in Mike Lombardi Jr. is his offensive coordinator, who I'm very good friends with his father, Mike, who was a GM for years. And they, they kept the Gruden running game. They keep that a lot of two-back offense. I've seen more eye and what I call eye far or eye near, with a, you know where the fullback is offset, and they run a ton of leads and powers. I mean, it really looks old school, but you know the the difficulty in that is modern day defenses don't see it. They they just don't see it very much, and even when they get in their eleven, their three wide receiver sets, uh, they'll take Moreau, the tight end, and motion him back in the backfield and create a near and far set and run right there. So that's that's going to be unique in terms of looking at that type of running game. It's, it's, it's really different. They really, if they get behind an account, they're a big screen team. They like to get back on track with screens from a general standpoint. So, you know, again, when they get, you know, uh, it's second and long, it's either run the ball and do just what you opposite did because you failed on first down. If they run it, pass it. If you passed incomplete, run it. It's, they, I, I call that play opposite. And then a lot of um, a lot of West Coast on second down, quick rhythm, first down, a lot of running game and play action and shots. And what Carr does a good job of is he's one of the better touchdown checkdown guys. He'll if he's got a deep, he'll air it out. If he doesn't, he gets it to the right checkdown guy. So, and then when you get on third down, it's it's a scheme scheme when it's third and short, when it's third and middle, they're going to screen or go downfield. Okay, must. Number one, <clears throat> you've got to control Jacobs. Get your big boy pads on for these leads and powers. You haven't. Most of these kids haven't seen this since high school. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna pound with him. 
they they want to take pressure off that offensive line that they know can't pass block. So they're going to pound it in there. We've got to gang tackle that guy and wrap him up. Okay, you know he's like I said, he's five point four rushing. He is a baller. Now they'll sprinkle Abdullah number twenty two. He'll come in some on third down or for specialized plays. He's where Jacobs is the, is the really the slasher and powerful guy. Abdullah is a little bit more of a loose play guy. So you'll see him some. And Turner is their gadget guy. He's a wide out, but he'll come in to run the speed sweeps. Everybody has a gadget guy today. But number one, we can't let those what I call direct runs. And they're very simple. It's lead, it's power, it's counter tray. And then last week they ran some wham in on the nose. But it's the same plays over and over. And that's why they do a pretty good job with them, especially with the back. So, you know, again, he's this guy, again, is in the conversation for – you know, one of the top backs. Now, number two, and it might as well be 1A, you've got to control Adams deep. You might not be able to take everything away from him, but he is a big-time deep ball 50-50 guy. And what they like to do is get in formations where he's isolated one-on-one on the weak side. In other words, a, a strong set to the right or a trip set to the right where he's back on the left. And if they get you one-on-one, they're going to take your shots. Now, this will be a great challenge uh, for Gilmore, you know, if, if we're going to play our, our basic cover three and one and Gilmore, you got to put Gilmore on him and you have to have Gilmore fight him to the death. Now I wouldn't let him out there one-on-one. I don't, I, I don't care how good Gilmore is. I would play a one press, a three, but then I would roll that thing weak into what we call an eight coverage where you roll up on him weak and play quarters to the strong side. I, <clears throat> I would definitely do that on him. I just, I just have that much respect for him. You can't come into the game and let him get big plays over the top. I mean, that that's coaching malpractice if you actually do that. Also, you're, you've got to have a red light and a siren alert. Maybe we can get J.J. to, to trip, do, do a siren up there <laughs> when he lines up inside, okay? If he lines up at number two or in the slot, I mean, he's going right down the seam. You might yeah. as well know it. So, you know, you got to overplay that. So, again – Jacob and Adams are, are one, two. And then number four, and yeah, I guess you could this could be number one, but you got to respect Carr. And I don't have to tell you this. I know you're a Carr guy just like I'm a Carr guy. I think he's a terrific quarterback. There's not much he can't do. He's competitive as all get out. Mm-hmm. And despite the two and six record, he is the 10th best QBR guy in the league. I, I think it's really important that you keep him condensed and contained. He's a guy that really sees the field. He can move out of trouble if he has to. He's a good enough athlete that he can move out and extend. But what he does a great job of is he'll sit in the pocket and hold it. Sometimes sometimes it's bad news. Occasionally, you know, he'll take a sack if you can collapse the pocket. But he will deliver late and he will deliver off-platform he has a great sense, and I think Gruden helped him with this when he was there, where everybody is on the field. So he may be looking down at you, uh, Matt, as the Z receiver coming in, but if if it's not there, he'll hold it and he'll just throw it. It doesn't have to be on platform, yeah. and he'll hit somebody like Moreau as an outlet tight end or a running back. He's very, very good finding guys late in the down. I, I, there's no doubt about that. So – 
Again, you have to do a really good job on that. I would say you really have to plaster receivers because of that. You know, most of the time we talk about we talk about plaster receivers on guys that can get out and move like Mahomes and yeah. you know guys like that because of the extension. Where you have to plaster receivers here is because he holds that to the last minute and he will deliver off platform. Now, the offensive line cannot hold up. So, if you, but to me, collapse the pocket. Take away his vision inside. Don't give him inside lanes to find those guys. I've never thought Miller was very good at left tackle. I think he's a real stiff guy. I think you get Ngakwe on him and run the edge. And then their worst, like I said, the worst part of their team offensively is Parham. Parham, their left guard, he's a rookie. He honestly gets beat like a drum. We've got to have we've got to have Buckner on that right guard every time it's a passing down, and I because I don't think he can handle him, and so I think in the end sacks and turnovers are a must. And they're and as you said earlier, they're hard to get those turnovers on him, but you got to do yeah. it and attack that left side with movement. And I don't think they can hold up. But again, respect the hell out of Carr and that skilled outfit. All right, that's Rick Venturi. This is Inside Football getting ready for the Colts and the Raiders on the blueprints. Let's switch over to the Raiders on defense, and this is where they've not been good. Obviously, this is their Achilles heel, giving up 25 points per game. They rank 26th against the pass, 28th in total yards. They've been terrible on third down. In fact, Rick, they're giving up 60% on third down in their last four games. They're last in the NFL with only five takeaways, 31st in red zone defense, giving up touchdowns 74% of the time. Um, Patrick Graham, the former Patriot, he's now the defensive coordinator in Las Vegas. They only have nine sacks on the season. Again, that's dead last, and they haven't been able to generate much pressure outside of Max Crosby, who has six of the team's nine sacks on the season, uh, and they've gone through some changes. The Raiders released uh, safety Jonathan Abram last week after they picked him up in the draft in 2019. They also put their leading tackler, Divine Diablo, on IR this week with an injury. So what else and who else stands out to you about the Raiders on defense going into this game? No, they're they're really not very good. I'm I'm going to say it right off the bat, and I'm I'm really uh, surprised at how basic they actually play. You would think that Graham would be more more in, uh, influenced by the Belichick me- method, and he has Rob Ryan with him, who also worked uh, with Belichick. But maybe it's just their personnel limitations, uh, you know, and they're trying to keep it simple and trying to at least slow people down, uh, with the exception of their two edge guys. And, you know, obviously, as you said, Crosby is the disruptor. I mean, you know, he's a guy with a lot of good numbers. He's, you know, he's, he's a guy that's got 31 career sacks in a young career, a lot of tackles for losses, knocks balls down, real tall, gainly guy out of the mid American, but he does play a little bit like Ted Hendricks does. I mean, he's the most disruptive factor. Now they brought Chandler Jones in there, you know, who has, a, I think, 102 sacks. They they brought him in there to be the sack guy off the edge, you know, primarily off their right side, off our left. But he has really been quiet. I think he only has a half a sack. And that's that was shocking to me when I watched him and I watched him play. He doesn't look like the same guy. Now, I wouldn't trust that because when you have a pass like he has, you know he can, he can turn it loose. So, you know, obviously we do have to protect those edges, and I'll get into that. I think their interior line is suspect. 
Uh, obviously, losing uh, Diablo is tough because he was their leading tackler, run and hit guy. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Uh, you know, I do like Perriman and Martinez. I, I think they're two pretty decent linebackers. I think their interior players are really average. Um, obviously, Abrams is a surprise in that, you know, he was a big ticket for them, but they finally got tired of him. I think he's a locker room lawyer with it, and they let him go. And Harmon is going to take his place, number 30. And the reason I bring that up is they're very basic in terms of their front. They're almost always over, and they almost always are in cover four on first down quarters. Now, what what they'll do to mix it, is they'll and, and it was always Abram. It was always Abram was the blitzing safety. They would either bring him off the strong side or bring him off the edge, or he would play some big nickel. And so it was like an over four, or it was a blitzing safety with a fire zone cover three behind it, almost exclusively, almost every single down. Now the big change up they use, and if I'm looking at our film. I'm going to be using it a ton. I just watched Philadelphia. They they use it all day. It is the night. It's the 2022 defense. Is they put five guys, five big guys in there and play double sync right off the bat. They play five guys with a double sync, but they always play man to man free with it. They're they're you know again over simple. They're they're really over simple, which I think plays to our young quarterbacks' advantage from that standpoint. Now, if they get in some longer yardage. You know, you'll get some other coverage. You'll get a, little, a sprinkling of two and, you know, some some three buzz and things like that. But, you know, they're average. And I and I, I think their corners are the real liabilities. Um, Averett, you know, he's just never been very good at, at the left corner. And, of course, our boy Yasin is at the right corner. And, you know, he struggles. Robertson is probably their best corner. And he ends up playing the nickel number 21 small guy but a pretty good player. So when you when you look at this team, I think number one must is we have to pound inside. They you know, they're a below average inside interior guys. They they get locked on blocks. I think you can hit them in that over, hit them to the bubble, and if there's any gaps in there, cut it back. Get downhill. Get downhill fast on them. I, I think do a little bit to them what Tennessee did to us cuz they're so predictable is shift the tight ends over and create even a bigger bubble and pound it right there. Um, now, again, though, alert the big sink because that's the defense that has been our Achilles heel. And if we get that, we've got to get to off-tackle runs, talks cracks, and quarterback designers. They've had a ton of trouble uh, with quarterbacks on that. Always on first down, alert your catch, cats on the edge, and the cat is – strong safety blitz or free safety blitz off the edge. They want to bring that guy for play action and for outside runs. So you always have to account. Don't be caught off guard, okay? And they'll <clears throat> they'll try to hide that from off some, but they, they they don't do a really good job of it. You can you can see it coming and sometimes it just gets there very late, but be alert for it. All right, as far as that's that's number 1. You got to pound him. You got to be able to run the ball. The number 2 and I think this is really very critical, particularly if you get to second and long, which inevitably you're going to be in some second and longs or third down. You got to protect the edges. Don't be, you know, I know how low they are in sacks right now, but that has not that has not applied to us. We have got to get Crosby blocked on the, on our left side, 
uh, on our right side, and then we've got to get Jones blocked. Those two guys, I know Jones only has a half a sack, but this guy has been a premier rusher and Crosby pretty doggone good. So I'd say, number one, you've got to protect them. And if they get the third down, the guy they're getting a little bit of, of production out of inside, he was a bust as a defensive end, is Furl from – um, from Clemson, remember, was the top draft pick. And actually, when they have Crosby at one end and Jones at the other end and Farrell inside, number 99, that's their best team. That's their best rush team. And he's doing a good job, and he'll probably end up being on Nelson, although they might kick him over to our rookie at right guard. But, again, protect the edges. Again, you know, Again, I don't, I don't want to get into what they're doing now. I just know that Jones has had 107 sacks and Crosby 31. So, uh, you know, you've got to be alert for that. we got to attack their corners now. we got to attack Everett and Yasin. I think this is the worst part of their team. Everett is worst. He, he's a guy you want to eat him alive. You want, to, you want to work on him. You want to take him deep, get him turned, go under him. You want to work his tail off on that on on their left side, and just get after him, and then you want to get after Yasin on the right side. They don't play a lot of cover two. They don't help those guys, so they're one on one most of the time. And you know how you have to attack Yasin. You have to attack him with double moves. He plays very well and plays in front of him. He'll come up and hit. He'll come up and attack the ball. But what you got to do is give him the slant and go, the quick hitch and go. Because what happens to him, he fires up there, and then he's very slow to recover. And as you know, he's a walking penalty. He got a big one last week. So there's no change on him. With Everett, you go directly at him. With Yasin, you go after him with a lot of double moves because he will struggle to recover, and he will panic late in the down. And then at the end of the day, we just got to shore up our, you know, <clears throat> the specialized football situational football. I mean, we've got to be good on third down. We have to get after them on third down. You've already talked about how bad it is. They're 30th, would you say 60% in the last four games? Yeah. yeah. And we're, and we're coming off the worst game in maybe Colts history. Right. We've got to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And then we have to win in the red zone. We have to score points. I mean, the thing killing us is, and, and it's so uncult like you know, to be 32nd in the league in scoring – and to have all of our turnovers and everything on their side of the 50. And that, you know, along with red zone offense, it's, it's, it's also don't turn it over in those situations. So dominate the chains, and we've got to win those specialized situations. Rick Venturi right there, Matt Taylor. Caesar Sportsbook is a proud sponsor, a proud sports betting partner, in fact, of the Indianapolis Colts. All right, you got the Colts and the Raiders coming up on Sunday. One o'clock, that is the Colts pregame huddle. We'll come at you. Me and Bill Brooks and the Gorman again, one o'clock coming up on Sunday afternoon. That is for the Colts pregame huddle. Top of the hour, we've got a regional final for you in high school football. You're going to love this too. Westfield and Hamilton Southeastern. Hamilton Southeastern unbeaten on the season. Brendan King and I believe Jim Leisure will be on the call. That is going to be a must-listen coming up here at the top of the hour. But up next, the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, and Isaiah Rogers from that defensive backfield joins Matt. It's coming up next. Colts Happy Hour live from the Westside Pub. It is a Bud Light Blue Friday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
a full hour dedicated to Colts football. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. You know you got everybody looking. Hey, welcome back. We're at Westside Pub getting ready to give away our final pair of Eagles-Colts tickets. That is a week from Sunday. Of course, this Sunday, you've got the Colts and the Raiders out in Las Vegas. You know what's cool right now? We're watching this. It's taking place in San Diego. Uh, the Armed Forces Celebration Spectacular. They call it the Armed Forces Classic. That's taking place, I believe that is on the aircraft carrier Abraham Lincoln, which is in San Diego. And they haven't, I don't think they've done this in a while. Maybe I'm wrong about it. But this is really cool. So Gonzaga and Michigan State are playing this game outside. Again, this is outside on the deck of the aircraft carrier Abraham Lincoln. And it looks awesome. I mean, it really does. And you know this, if you've listened to me before, you know my son Blake is a huge Gonzaga fan. He would be all about these Gonzaga uniforms right now. Those are awesome. That game just about set to tip off uh, in San Diego, the Armed Forces Classic on the deck of an aircraft carrier, Michigan State and Gonzaga. This is Colts Happy Hour. Welcome back. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment count. We'll get to the Forum Credit Union question of the week coming up in just a minute as well. A couple of defensive backfield interviews coming up. First things first with the voice, Matt Taylor. Isaiah Rogers joins Matt now. Hello, Matt. Joining us in the Colts radio studio now is third-year cornerback out of UMass. Isaiah Rogers is with us. Isaiah, thanks for the time today. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing well, doing well. Obviously, it's been um, a difficult last couple of weeks for this team. You know, guys have been traded. uh, Coaches have been dismissed. How difficult was it for you personally to see Frank Reich no longer be the head coach of this team? Uh, You know, it was hard, you know. In this business, you know, you got to also think of the business side, but yeah. it was also very personal. You know, he was the only coach that I experienced since I've been here. And, you know, like uh, like Jeff said and like Ballard said as well, you know, it's the business side to it, and we all understand that even from Frank's perspective, even, you know, our jobs alone. So, you know, I, I couldn't take it too personal. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a business thing. Yeah, you, you talk about not taking it too personal, but do you also, I mean, what what was the locker room reaction to that? What did What did guys have to say in terms of, I guess collective accountability and in, in the locker room's part on, you know, how we got to this point and, and why Frank Reich again no longer here. Uh, we more so didn't look at it how, you know, the social social media people had looked at it. You know, we all just said we got to look in the mirror. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we're the ones that make the plays come to life. And at the end of the day, uh, without us playing well, you know, people jobs are at risk. You know, and for example things like this have to happen you know we all we all just had to take accountability and just knowing Mm -hmm. that you know it all comes down to us so end of the day whether whether you want to play good or not it's a mindset thing you know it's all in the heart end of the day you gotta look yourself in the mirror what you put out there on tape is you know that's you that's isaiah rogers with us lastly what did you take from your time with coach reich you've been here since 2020 as you said he's the prior to now he's the only head coach you've known in the national football league what did you take from him how did he help you grow uh, just on and off the field, you know, just watching how he moves, you know, from a family perspective. You know, he's always at Bible study. When I go to Bible study, I've never seen him miss him. So it's the, it's the little things that people don't see behind closed doors yeah. that I just admire him as a person, as a man. All right. Then this week, obviously, the other side of that coin, Jeff Saturday here now. Um, what what was your reaction to that? Uh, I, th- I thought it was huge. My family uh, reached out to me when they found out the news. And I was also like, 
you know, huge Colts fans growing up as well. Sure. And also just, you know, watch Jeff play. So just like his grit and just how he goes about his, his work, you mm-hmm. know, and him speaking to the team, you could just tell like his, he's fired up about yeah. it. Yeah. I, again, I know it's early, right? I mean, we, you haven't played a game yet with Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach, but what was his message to the team taking over in the role that, that he did and, um, you know, when he did? Uh, just reminding us that you know nothing matters what happened before you know all we have is these eight games and and how whatever we put out there on tape is right. you know is us end of the day uh, he's coming in and he's just hoping that we can you know buy in and that's the, that's the main thing right now everyone buy in take mm-hmm. week by week you know it's a basically playoff mode right now for us you got to win every game from here on out basically and that's how we're looking at it so yeah. eight weeks that's Isaiah Rogers with us Colts cornerback on defense now you've started the last three games and you're playing a ton playing a huge role on defense what has that done for your confidence here uh, it definitely, it definitely helps me a lot. You know, at the end of the day, I just want to be out there and uh, getting the starting spot is fun and cool and all. At the end of the day, I feel like I need to make a lot more plays rather I'm starting or coming off the bench. Right. You know, I made more plays from the previous years. You know, from not starting. So, you know, the start is the start. It's just on paper. At the end of the day, I feel like I got to get my hands more on the ball and just find a way to get turnovers. Yeah, a guy that's gotten his hand uh, on the ball a lot over the course of his career is Stephon Gilmore, and he has played a hundred percent of the snaps in eight of nine games this season. You know about his track record, his resume, you know, not that long ago, Defensive Player of the Year in the National Football League. How has he helped you inevitably when you're on the field? He is, too. I think he helped me a lot. He's always like, hey, let's go get in the cold tub, get in the hot tub. And mm-hmm. for him to play 100% of snaps, eight or nine games at age 32, yeah. shows a lot. You know, and he's right. balling right now and, and playing really lights out, helping us complete games. And uh, to, just to be out there at age 32, you know, I just look at him, I'm only 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And that's my goal is to play as long as he can and, and also not just be on a team during that time, but to play 100% of plays as well. Yeah, so. you, you look at this, the big picture on defense. This defense is playing great. Now, I know you don't have any, anything to show for it, you know, during a three-game losing skid here, but why do you think the defense here around game eight, game nine has sort of hit its stride? Uh, just the people in the room that we have, like the, the captains that we have, even the guys without a C on their chest. You know, you guys, Jair, he's always speaking up, being a great vocal leader, and Shaq's right there as well. You got D-Buck, Kenny, Stefan's finally speaking up a lot. So, you know, just a lot of people buying in, a lot of people, you know, holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we all have to – be a brother at the end of the day and you know that's what we've been doing and it's been showing yeah going back to the secondary you're a veteran on this team now right as I said in in your third year can you explain Rodney Thomas to me a seventh round guy and he started you know the last handful of games and this moment and and this level coming from an Ivy League school it's not too big for him Uh, he's a baller and we knew it from camp and we knew it from preseason I think uh, one game he had all the eraser tackles, and he was just not missing <laughs> yeah, tackles. Right. I knew from that moment we knew that you know he's a ball player. He can come up, make the plays. He can also stay back and and get his hand on the ball like he did against Denver. You know he's a, he's a baller, and he does what he's supposed to do. And coach tell him to do this. There's no talking back or nothing like that. So he's just the, he's just learning the game still. So he's not even probably at his prime right now. He's balling. no doubt about that. That's Isaiah Rogers with us. All right, for you in this scheme under Gus Bradley, what what do you like most about him as a coach and and this scheme that he brings? I think it builds it builds my confidence in my resume. This 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 defense and this scheme, as you guys have seen it, you know, it shows a lot of cracker places from the corners. And I think my main thing going to this season was I want to be a better tackler. You know, a lot of people came at me last year like yeah. he's a good player, but he needs to tackle better. And I think that that was my goal going into this season and, and he has helped me a lot from drills, you know, on and off the field. It just helped me a lot become a better tackler. And for those that don't know, crack replace, can you sum up that in terms of, of from a schematic standpoint for, for those to understand? It's more so when I'm guarding a receiver and he doesn't worry about me basically at all. He goes and try to either 
take a block on a safety or right. a linebacker and, and you're free make that guy right you yeah. know so basically yeah, i was open field tackling right there yeah there you go it's isaiah rogers and that is matt taylor on colt's happy hour get more to come we'll go back to the defensive backfield brandon Faison will join matt coming up on the other side as well the form credit union question of the week as follows raiders kicker daniel carlson has connected on 41 consecutive field goals made dating back to week nine of 2021 who holds the NFL record for most consecutive field goals made? We'll answer that coming up on the other side, too. Remember, the Forum Credit Union Fan Forum section of Colts.com is a spot where you can interact with other Colts fans online, post a topic, participate in various discussions, and then some. That's Forum Credit Union helping members live their financial dreams. More to come live from the Westside Pub. This is Colts Happy Hour, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Oh! Welcome back to the Colts Happy Hour. We're getting you in the know on the Colts heading into the weekend. Happy Hour brought to you by Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of the Colts and a proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Matt Taylor's conversation with Brandon Faison, the defensive back of the Colts, coming up in just a couple of minutes. Meantime, top of the hour, you've got Brendan King and what is going to be an exciting regional final between Westfield last year, 6A runner-up. They are up against the unbeaten Hamilton Southeastern Royals coming at you. Top of the hour should be an absolute blast right there. Your form credit union question of the week. Daniel Carlson of the Raiders, 41 straight field goals made going all the way back to week nine of 2021. Who holds the NFL record for most consecutive field goals? That would be Anna Vinatieri, 44 straight. That's 2015 through 2016. Your form credit union Question of the week right now. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts and defensive back Brandon Faison joins Matt. Matt, go ahead. Brandon, as a leader, as a guy inside this locker room that's got a, a veteran presence, what did you make of of the move for uh, for Coach Reich being dismissed and then Jeff Saturday coming in? You know, just, you know, we all have, you know, ultimate respect for Coach Reich. Um, you know, it's, it's, it was a tough situation with, with every, how everything's kind of been going down, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, we just got to keep, you know, moving forward and, and keep pressing towards this next game. Um, you know, Coach Saturday came and introduced himself. We thought he had great energy. Um, just a cool, real, real down-to-earth type of guy. Um, you know, he, you know, he has a legacy here. You know, with the Colts, um, being that he played for them and and all the great things that he's done that he's done in his career. Um, but we just, you know, we just, you know, take it one day at a time and one week at a time, and um, we try to drown out all the noise. Um, in any any situation and just try to you know go to work every single day and and let that shine on the field so you know we, I know things have been kind of rough but <clears throat> you know our our heads are always held high and you know looking forward because uh, we know there's going to be some bright spots so you know it can't rain forever and you know it won't so um, you know we just take every day and you know come here and just try to work and just try to like start over just fresh every single day. How, how tough is it is that to do though I mean you're balancing you know feeling for for coach reich getting to know and and being acclimated with with coach saturday plugging on moving forward and getting ready for this last stretch of the season with eight games to play how difficult is it to to balance all that it's kind of difficult i kind of uh went through the same thing last year when i was with the when i was with the raiders um you know i came in and you know some things happened and you know got a new coach and everything like that so it's kind of like um this is my second year going through it so you know just kind of just trying to just stay Stay grounded, you know, keep a, a good presence in the locker room with all the guys. Um, 
and just doing what you need to do every single day and just try to work and to you know better yourself to to ultimately help the team um you know we all you know play play harder for you know every single snap then you know this should be good good results and um you know we just try to challenge each other every single day and come in here and just you know be ready to work and and just make it make it get the job done on sunday yeah, with that experience that you had last year, I mean, can you offer words of wisdom to guys to sort of get through this both, you know, mentally and psychologically going through a coaching change? Um, you know, just stay grounded, stay stay close to the ones that, you know, to, to the ones around the locker room. Um, you know, we got to talk about, they talk about family a lot around here. So, you know, now's the time to really try to just hone in on that and, um, and really just stay, stay together and, you know, not pointing any fingers, not doing anything of that such, just, just you know, looking to better ourselves and our performance each and every day at practice in the film room, um, you know, in the classroom. So, um, really, just doing it for each other, and and that's you know, bottom line. At the end of the day, you know, days happen, and and we just kind of just got to make the best of all, of all of them. So, Brandon Faison right there with Matt Taylor on Colts Happy Hour. Quick break. We'll come back for a final time, and we'll lead the way into a high school football regional final: Westfield, Hamilton, Southeastern. Brendan King, Jim Leisure on the call, top of the hour, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Welcome back to the Colts Happy Hour. We're getting you in the know on the Colts heading into the weekend. Indeed, Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock, me, Bill Brooks, and the Goreman. That is the Colts pregame huddle. There's going to be a lot, a lot to converse about without question leading up to the Colts and the Raiders. In case you missed it today, Shaquille Leonard placed on I.L., um, so we'll find out whether or not it's going to be at some point before the end of the season or if he might end up being done for the season. I wouldn't hold my breath on that, I would doubt. Uh, he didn't look right even when he was in there. And then the reports out there are suggesting that maybe there was a setback of sorts back on Wednesday during practice. But uh no Shaquille Leonard for the Colts coming up on Sunday. Odd stuff going on with the Raiders, too. Blake Martinez was a guy that actually led the team in tackles a week ago when he retired midweek for the Raiders, and they have consistently a lot of stuff going on with them. Devontae Adams was spectacular last week, 146 yards receiving and a couple of touchdowns um, in that game. But, man, it has been uh, awkward in that two-win season so far for Josh McDaniels and for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, to say the least. Meantime, 1 o'clock again coming up on Sunday. That's with us and the Colts pregame huddle. This reminder, too, coming up tomorrow night, 6 until midnight, the JMV takeovers right next door to the fan. That's on B105.7. It is an all-90s Saturday night or the best of the 90s Saturday night where it is going to be us ta- or playing, in this case, 90s music that you request. That is coming up tomorrow night. It is all 90s from 6 until midnight. Plus the fact I have your chance to win a couple of $200 gift cards courtesy of Sullivan Hardware and Garden. I was trying to think of a way to help give back because every Saturday night you guys are dialed in and listening to the show and requesting music. And Pat Sullivan of Sullivan Hardware and Garden said, how about this? How about a $200 gift card? And I said, absolutely. So we'll be giving away a pair of $200 gift cards just in time for the holiday season coming up tomorrow night on the JMV Takeover. Again, that's 6 o'clock 
on B105.7, and we are going to be all about the decade of the 1990s again coming up tomorrow night. Should be a blast. B105.7, 6 until midnight. That is the JMV takeover. I got to thank everybody here at the Westside Pub, my man Barry, our friends at Zinc, Bud Light Blue Fridays. Got to thank Olivia and Zach and Eddie Garrison, who's here. Cam did a great job, as he normally does. Great to see Matt and Kevin hanging out. All of our friends and Kyle back at the studio. Coming up next, a regional final. It should be fun. Westfield and Hamilton Southeastern. You've got Brendan King and I believe Jim Leisure on the call. So keep it right here. High school football next, 93.5, 107.5 The Fan.